Hi there. You are listening to the Lost Art of Little Things, a podcast focusing on all of the little things that make life so amazing. I'm Siobhan, the host of this podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today. And I hope that this podcasting adventure will give you some inspiration to just stop, look around, and appreciate all of the little things around you. On today's episode, I'm talking to my amazing friend Harriet Burtwistle. She's a midwife, a yoga teacher, a fellow vegan, and an all-round incredible person. I first met her here in South Africa when we volunteered together, and she's one of the most selfless people you'll ever meet. Today, we're talking about the lost art of empowering women, which is so important right now more than ever, especially as so many pregnant women navigate this pandemic and look for ways to cope and stay calm. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, and thanks for tuning in. Hi, Harriet. Welcome to The Lost Art of Little Things. Today, we're going to be talking about the lost art of empowering pregnant women. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm coming to you from Bristol. I am a midwife by day and I also am a pregnancy yoga um, teacher and birth preparation is also something I do as well. Um, And yeah, I live here with my two sausage dogs um, who are my little fur babies. And yeah, it's great to be, be here to share with you. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, So let's talk a little bit about how you help women to feel more empowered during, before, and also after giving birth. Um, Maybe you can talk a little bit more about the kind of yoga you teach and that process. Yeah, great. Um, Yeah, empowerment is something I feel really strongly about for, you know, women and everyone in general, really, but but, um, particularly in pregnancy, I think it has become a bit of a lot in our communities and culture perhaps in the west um you know women traditionally work um all through their pregnancy um you know they might also be mums already um and busy wives and girlfriends so yeah i think um sort of empowering them to um you know put self-care as a priority in the pregnancy is really important um so my yoga is a part of that um each monday evening the mums can come along and switch off um from their busy week and we really just try and leave everything behind for that hour and yeah it kind of overlaps into my midwifery as well in that i get to do antenatal and postnatal visits at the moment i'm predominantly usually doing this but the moment i'm in the community Um, So that's really great getting to help parents get ready for meeting their baby, going through birth plans, and then um, when they're home with the baby, sort of um, helping to empower them as new parents and making them feel there and yeah, helping with all the journey that they're on. So yeah, I guess I kind of feel really strongly that, you know, mums should have choice in their pregnancy, that, you know, your body, your choice. And I think in such a medical world, that can be lost so I feel quite wrong about reminding mums you, know, you don't have to induce um, you don't have to have the growth gap all the things that might feel that is something they have to have done um, because our medical model is quite dominant and there is quite a lot of medical intervention obviously it is necessary a lot of the time um, but it can become a bit of a default when it might not ne- be sort of be necessary. Yeah especially here in so I'm in Cape Town and here in South Africa, 
they will actually always turn to a cesarean first. Um, so it's, you know, some women obviously choose to have a cesarean, but for the women that actually want to birth or to have the choice to birth naturally or to have a home birth, I know that quite a lot of women have had problems even being able to be, being able to do a home birth here. Like a lot of medical insurance companies won't approve that kind of thing. So, yeah, I guess at least in the UK, women have more of a choice, I hope, anyway. Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, the NHS is pretty stretched and we are a few thousand midwives short nationally. Um, so that is, you know, quite a problem with all the trusts but yeah generally for low-risk women you know they have a choice of home um, alongside birth centres or standalone birth centres um, as well as the hospital um, but it can be still quite a medical model um, based on the experience of midwives and the less we see normal the less we believe in normal so I'm more about you know you're normal until proved otherwise and let's yeah let's start at the bottom and work our way up with whatever we might need in the pregnancy or the labor or the birth yeah that's so good um and you're also in the process of setting up retreats for pregnant women can you tell us a little bit about that yeah I mean the plans have sort of gone a bit awry with um coronavirus <laughs> but uh yeah so a couple of friends and I who were also midwives um and yoga teachers uh one of them also does hypnobirthing um and a few other skills that we've got in between us so we're hoping to start some retreats that will be um pro probably starting in the southwest hopefully moving more through the country and you never know maybe international <laughs> and yeah they would just be most likely be a two-night weekend retreat for um either couples we'll do different ones one for couples one for mamas to come and feel really nurtured uh learn a lot about sort of pregnancy labor birth and creating their own sort of birth plan and just lots of really nurturing yoga uh mindfulness stuff hypnobirthing just yeah lots of really comforting nurturing things over the weekend that perhaps um in their everyday lives they would be missing in the pregnancy oh that sounds amazing and when do you guys think that might be up and running well we were just about to start booking some venues to start but obviously everything's on hold at the moment so we were hoping to sort mm. of have the first one late summer um but at the moment we're just waiting for the you know the retreats and places we were going to book with um to get back to us about when they might be open again so we hope, I mean, I'm starting to do some more virtual stuff. Um, I've been doing some birth preparation classes online for couples. Nice. And um, I'm going to try and kick off my pregnancy yoga over Zoom this week <laughs> or next week. Do it. Um, work it all out. But yeah, so um, in the meantime, we're busy sort of making plans in the background and um, looking looking ahead to when we can get going. We're pretty much ready. We just need need the world to calm down a bit before we can <laughs> um, start teaching yeah. yeah so given all this stuff that's going on with coronavirus um what advice would you give to mums who are expecting and how can they maybe stay a bit more calm during this time because I know a lot of I have quite a few friends who are pregnant right now and they are panicking a little bit yeah sure it's such a difficult time and obviously a really unprecedented time and I think We've got to remember all of us, you know, to be kind to ourselves. This is not something 
you know, luckily something we've not faced before really. Um, so it is a really, really unusual time. We're disconnected in many ways physically from a lot of people we love um, and a lot of the resources that you would rely on as the, your normal path through pregnancy, you know, labor, birth and beyond. So I think I would say the main thing is just stay home, um, like the message is for everybody, but really make a safe space in your home somewhere. So I'm calling you from my Zen Den, as I like <laughs> to call it. So I think having somewhere in your home, and this could apply to all of us, just having somewhere that is um, pretty much free of technology, you know, obviously maybe using something to take a virtual class, but um, just really making that space feel safe, even if it's just a corner in your bedroom, you know, just yeah. somewhere where you can sit and be calm and quiet. Um, perhaps, you know, for mums to be, that's probably going to be the nursery um, if they're making a nursery up for baby. Yeah, I think just really um, honing into the senses. So um, preparing what tools you'll be using for labour. So thinking of what you'll smell, what you'll see, what you'll hear, what you'll eat. So just practicing those sorts of things, you know, with visualizations. There's some really great hypnobirthing tools online. There's lots of um, pregnancy yoga, pregnancy visualizations, um, aromatherapies you could buy so that you could be using those each evening to get really relaxed. Mm. And yeah, just practicing um, getting nice and relaxed each day and trying to sort of limit social media I would say I think is a big one um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff that is just completely incorrect um, to do with midwifery yeah. and pregnancy and that's really terrifying to read stuff like that and obviously there's probably more of that in some ways on the internet than you know the one legitimate paper that I'll talk about later um, but yeah I think just limiting social media and when you do go online looking for um, ways to calm yourself you know there's some really good books like the positive birth book um, the positive birth company these are all basically UK based ones that I'm more familiar with but they're they they have made books and online resources um, and a book called practical ways to make your birth better um, my sister's actually due any day now the next couple of weeks so I've been sort of going through all this with her because obviously mums are sort of well they were at home before the rest of us were um just to keep safe so yeah I think um and just keeping in touch with your midwife you know whatever stage of the pregnancy yeah. you're at um in the UK midwives are sort of the leader of the normal and care for the women through the pregnancy I know in other countries that might be the doctors um so I'm a bit less familiar with that but again just keeping in touch with them about will I be attending my appointments you know yeah can I bring to the scan will I still be having the scan and just kind of contacting your local place rather than worrying that other hospitals have done certain things with their guidance mm. so as a midwife how are you feeling right now through all of this it must be quite a stressful time for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, a, a roller coaster of emotions mm. I would say um yeah I think um pretty proud um so I think you've probably all seen the other night you know there was the clap for carers thing and the NHS was really being recognized yeah um and all the healthcare professionals around the world and frontline staff generally you know my boyfriend's a social worker so he's been super busy as well um so yeah feeling really proud that um we are carrying on you know mm. um, babies will continue to be made and continue to be born and we're just um, along for the ride it's the families that are really doing the hard work but I am really proud of our team as well um, but of course like everyone feeling worried um, 
feeling grateful for what I do have, but feeling a little nervous and worried, not least because I'm about to become an auntie. Um, and I didn't really envisage not being able to pull my midwife cards out the bag for my sister um, at this point. But yeah, we're doing all right. And hopefully um, she's going to smash it. I know she will. So yeah, it'll all be fine. Um, but yeah, it's just a really strange time, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you've got such a positive attitude about it though. And yeah, let me also just say like, well done and how proud I also am of all of you and everyone who, everyone on the front line. It's, it's really showing who actually kind of makes the world go round at times like this. Like it's been nice to be um, kind of recognized, but um, yeah, there's lots of people all, all helping and stuff at the moment, but it's just the more we can all help the NHS by staying home or help all the healthcare facilities you know one of the reasons the pregnant women were brought into the high risk category sooner than everybody else were you know to try and keep the maternity units free of coronavirus um, and you know just try and limit the staff that get it because obviously you guys all want some staff there at the end of the day if you're going in to have a baby so yeah I think um, hopefully now these times have changed a bit with the effective lockdowns um, things will hopefully calm soon. What have the last few days at work been like for you? I mean, have you been out in the community or have you been in the the hospital? What can you maybe tell us a little bit about what that's been yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. So I've been, I've kind of popped into both. So on the weekends, I've been working out of our local birth centre, which is around the corner from me. So um, yeah, I've been doing visits. So predominantly I care for pregnant women. And then when they've had their baby, I am actually on call for someone's birth as well at the moment. So, oh yeah. Um, so if you need to run then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no news yet. Um, so yeah, basically we have changed a lot of how we're working. Um, so even just having to rearrange our office, cause usually we were pretty crammed in there when we go into work. So just one in one out of the office to use the phone or the printer or make mm. a coffee um through to um we've been getting more protective equipment um That's coming good. in so kind of donning you know a mask apron gloves which can be quite scary for a woman to walk into when she usually sees you in your own clothes in in clinic and now you're sort of in scrubs wearing all of that but we're just trying to reassure it's you know the safest way we can keep everybody um safe yeah. from everything at the moment we're doing a lot of telephone consultations um so everything that can possibly be done over the phone we're doing and then they're popping in for the briefer part of the appointment the physical you know um feeling their belly measuring their tummy doing their blood pressure just to sort of limit time but making sure they still feel really held and supported at this difficult time mm. over the phone um and obviously if they want to stay in longer they can do but most most mums are pretty keen to get back home at the moment yeah, I um, and then yeah going out and meeting meeting the new babies you know they still need help with the breastfeeding and their weighing done and just lots of um, TLC for the new family so again we've been sort of um, just adapting how we do the visits and who we see where and yeah it's just been a strange couple of weeks but I think we've now got our new plan in place and it seems to be working working oh, okay good. so you're amazing yeah. you really are <laughs> Um, so I do have a few questions from a friend who is due to give birth in the first week of May. Now, obviously, you might not have all the information and that's okay, but let's just put this out there anyway. Um, so what are your thoughts on birthing partners and the chances of them potentially not being able to attend the labor? I don't know if this is happening in England, but there's been a petition going around in Scotland to try and 
make sure there can be like someone with you when you give birth um is there any news on that yeah I think all the trusts on the whole have pretty much adopted one birthing partner here so we usually would allow two or even in some of the birth center facilities more than two you know if the parents wanted but um for a while it's been just one and I have heard of a couple of trusts and I think Ireland um from what I saw earlier have um, and New York, I think, but they've retracted it, have been saying no, no birth partner. Gosh. Um, yeah. I mean, my personal opinion is that's not OK. Um, you know, I don't think that's conducive to a positive birth. I don't think, you know, I've I've seen a lot of births and I would know pretty much what was going on, but there's no way I'd want to do it on my own. Um, yeah. And that's that's with a lot of knowledge, you know, so I I think perhaps it's gone a bit far in weighing up the you know protecting the staff and protecting the hospital and the patients Mm. when actually to ask a mum to come in to be looked after by a bunch of strangers which is what they effectively are um is is not okay and I really hope that um that will be revisited for those few areas that if if they are sort of trying to do that um and there are always other hospitals in the area for most people yeah though I think they you know naturally might find that women want to be going elsewhere which is understandable um our local area have cancelled home births um and I know that's happened in a lot of places whereas other places have been encouraging more low-risk mums to birth at home because you know it's it's your own environment your own germs already you know limited amount of people in in the building but um yeah our, our local area has cancelled them and my sister is planning a home birth so I'm hoping her area about an hour from here doesn't cancel them yeah well in China you that's always been the rule that no one can be present when you're giving birth so wow interesting yeah my friend gave birth there by herself um and her husband was only allowed to like sit outside the the room so yeah. yeah I've only done it a few times in in Africa when I volunteered there and maybe maybe I can think of two ladies I've looked after here um who were on their one own. I had to try try my broken school French because that was the only language we had in common Aww. so that was actually quite fun um but yeah I um was trying to make her feel a bit more at ease with my my French yeah <laughs> but yeah no I hope I hope everyone can be with who they want to be with when the when the day comes for them I hope so too um so the next question from this friend is do you have any information on how the virus might affect pregnant women and their babies whether they're born yet or not born yet yeah so um obviously it is a really new virus um and thankfully you know the numbers have been quite low in in pregnant women um I think the the limited research has shown that they're no more likely to become seriously unwell than the rest of us who are young fit and well um however women always are naturally when they're pregnant in winter offered a flu vaccine because they are slightly more compromised with their immunity um but yeah there's they've been shown to just be having you know on the whole mild symptoms like most people um we have got some women self-isolating but that's they tend to just have had a tiny little cough or their child has a temperature you know it's not I haven't really known of anybody thank goodness, um, be too unwell when pregnant. Um, But as I sort of mentioned earlier, partly the um, decision to kind of 
lock down pregnant women as it effectively was sooner than the rest was also to protect the um, hospital facilities as well so maternity services unlike the main wards are designed for well patients um we're we're set mm-hmm. up for a well group of women who are coming in not ill and um, that's what birth is you know it's a normal event you're not unwell so to suddenly overwhelm um, yeah. a unit that would be used to dealing with well patients um, and only have the equipment for well patients and not the facilities to isolate everybody would have made things a lot harder all around so um, I can imagine that perhaps it was also you know as the politicians have mentioned to protect the NHS but particularly in that group of women just to protect um, the facilities they'll be using. Yeah should you this is her last question that she had should you prevent people from visiting in the initial weeks when the baby has been born to protect the baby's immune system yeah do you mean specifically like now specifically right now yeah during the virus well i guess in theory if we're all following the rules yeah because when we're not meant to be yeah doing any unnecessary travel or seeing anyone who we don't live in the house with so unfortunately i think that is what we're being asked to do at the moment and that is you know something i'm facing personally with my little sister yeah about to birth um but yeah i mean i would just say obviously if everyone can be self-isolating as much as possible at the run-up to birth, at least if you do make the decision um, to see relatives, um, if you can know that they've been at home, I suppose at least that's some comfort. Yeah. Um, babies do have, a, you know, on the whole, um, good immunity from um, from sort of being exposed during birth. And if they're breastfed, um, they do get some immunity. But obviously, this is quite a nasty virus. Um and there have been a couple of cases in newborns, but I think they've been linked to one of their parents being unwell. Mm. But I guess, yeah, just limiting limiting seeing people would be beneficial at this time. One thing is that the babies will love it. Um, so it is a more natural environment for a baby just to be with its mother and father. Um, it isn't more natural for them to be passed around all the aunties and friends and your work colleagues and, you know, um, be out and about on day two down the mall and all that. You know, babies will love the security, um, their two parents responding to their needs in this, you know, safe little cocoon that you've built at home. Um, and, you know, they're going to have really nice sort of um, secure attachments and good brain development. So, yeah, I think that's the, one of the positives to come out of this, that actually a baby, I think if it was given the choice, would would choose not to not meet its relatives at some point. But, you know, generally they, they are designed to be um, cared for predominantly by their parents. And I'm sure they'll definitely not be suffering anything by this. It will just be quite difficult on the families, I think, the adults. Yeah. Oh, I love that, though. That like, yeah, their little cocoon. Um, at least yeah. there's at least there's one positive thing. <laughs> Yeah. out of that um and what about though if the if the uk government and elsewhere in the world if they lift the lockdown um would you still advise people's relatives to wait a bit before they come to visit for example my friend who's giving birth in may um and your sister also i guess the lockdown well probably won't be over by then let's be honest but um if it is yeah do you think it's safe for relatives that have been isolating to come and visit yeah, I guess if we're lifting the lockdown, that show has shown there's a good, you know, a good turn in, in the curve of the virus. Um, yeah, I mean, generally, we always encourage limited visitors anyway in the early days because there's always some bugs and 
things but just perhaps not holding the baby um you know sitting on the opposite sofa and just you know being in the room washing your hands um and being present but perhaps you know trying to avoid what you desperately would want to do and snuggle that baby and kiss kiss it and <laughs> hold it for hours yeah. um so yeah I think we're just gonna have to take things day by day um and thank goodness for FaceTime and Skype and all the things you know where we can see see each other all the virtual connections yeah because imagine during like World War II I always think about this at the moment I'm like we're so lucky that we have technology yeah because back then you just couldn't see anyone no and Um, you wouldn't know like you know my mum's on her own on on the tip of Cornwall and I you know would you even get a letter to her within two weeks I don't know yeah if, if she needed me or anything so yeah we're really really lucky and when my sister does ring me and say things are happening she can ring me and you know I'll be over the phone for her and I'm sure your your friend as well will have lots of people virtually loving her from a distance if that's what needs to happen and you know there's other ways they can help you know dropping food parcels off on the doorstep offering to shop um Mm. you you know owing them in the future date nights so they can go out as a couple and doing the babysitting and there's plenty that can be still offered up for the for the months to come with a newborn yeah absolutely but actually I hope this time you know sort of enforced time at home for couples does really help the mums rest and because they come Mm. I do see you know sometimes they're pretty overwhelmed with visitors and are looking at me to say can you get them out the house you know can you find an excuse for them to go home so um maybe it will give some people a chance just to rest that bit more but yeah it's certainly a very difficult time if if we're not going to be able to see these lovely new babies Mm. um so do you have any final words you'd like to add to help pregnant women feel empowered throughout all of this specifically the virus but also in general when they're pregnant and about to give birth Yeah, well, on a kind of a practical support level, um, I would say always just um, speak to your midwife. And there's some really good resources online um, by the World Health Organization, the Royal College of Gynecologists um, and the Royal College of Midwives for the UK as well. So just finding a legitimate piece of advice, not what's on someone's thread on Facebook um, that can be quite alarmist. So that's what I would say on a practical level of the coronavirus. I was just going to say, is there, I forgot to ask about whether, which resources they can use right now, if there's any reports or anything that um, pregnant women can get information on the latest updates with the virus information. Yeah, so the Royal College of Gynecologists um, and the World Health Organization, the RCOG have released one, um, a general one about pregnancy. They've also done guidance for um, pregnant workers, frontline workers as well. So that's a really helpful one um, because initially, um frontline workers were still expected to work up to 28 weeks and then now they've sort of um retracted that and changed it to you should be offered a non-patient facing role so for example myself if I was pregnant at the moment they would have to try and hopefully find me an admin role or a role that I wasn't going to be as exposed um so that's a really good guidance the RCOG and the World Health Organization presumably will be a bit more global as well so um I think they'll be collaborating together with any data that they found um across the whole globe and that will have the up-to-date information but to be honest we've gone pretty hard line with it I don't see anything changing particularly now um just stay at home you know wash your hands um and try and limit who you see 
um, when you are out and about just going out for the midwife appointments and just keep in touch with your midwife. Um, there's lots of people coming up with really creative ways. So as a team, we're trying to kind of get online with antenatal classes and a kind of a Q&A thing. So, yeah, just look out for um, loads of online stuff at the moment and try and, you know, stay calm as possible. Nice. And any, sorry to interrupt your last question when you were answering, any more final words of advice about to help women feel more empowered? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say, as I always do say to mums, you've got this, like you're built to do it, you can do it. Um, and on the day that you birth, roughly 350,000 other sisters are going through it with you. Um, so I think that's a really nice thing to think about at this time when, you know, we, we are feeling really scared and disconnected maybe from the people that we would want to be seeing and drawing comfort from at this time. You know, there are a lot of other mums with you in this. Um and you know the babies made and birth during this time are going to be little moments of light in this darkness aren't they they're going to be reminders that you know we carry on and women are strong um strong and built for this and yeah it will be okay yeah and I guess anyone birthing now is going to have quite the story to tell <laughs> yeah seriously oh thank you Harriet is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this episode up no no thank you you for having me I think um yeah I hope it helps and um, if anyone wants to get in touch and ask any questions about anything I've said that's absolutely fine so where can people find you online Ooh. Um, <laughs> well I have a yoga page my tiny little Bristol yoga page blissful bumps yoga and um okay, yeah nice. you could email and me Instagram? on uh, on Instagram I'm being Bert Whistle so um maybe you could put a link in it um yeah, yeah, being underscore but whistle, whistle without an H. Okay. So it's a bit confusing. Yeah. <laughs> and what's your email? Do you have an email for the blissful bumps? Yeah, blissful bumps yoga at gmail.com. Okay, nice. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so people can get in touch with you there if they have any questions or they want oh, to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy they, to help. They want to join your online yoga classes. Oh, um, yeah, no, I must. I must be brave and set those up. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And also, didn't you just, why don't you share with everyone what you just did this weekend? Because I think that's also quite exciting. Yeah, so I took um, a restorative um, teacher training course online, um, restorative yoga. So that was with um, a lovely teacher, Kelly um, Smith um, from America. So she was due to come to Bristol and obviously couldn't. Aww. So she really yeah. kindly went ahead and did it over um, the internet this weekend. So yeah, I've I've now fledged in the world of teaching restorative yoga so that's what my next um few days at home will be just practicing sequencing and getting all ready to start teaching so yeah I might also try and get some online as well absolutely because I think now more than ever people could do with some restorative yoga I know that I'll be joining I'm excited for yeah, that so you're my guinea let pig. us know <laughs> you're my yeah. first <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Let us know when it's up and running. Um, I'm sure people would love to join. Yeah, I will. Thank you. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the Lost Art of Little Things today. And I'll chat to you soon. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. And to end today's episode, we have a short relaxation meditation written by Harriet and read by me. I hope you enjoy it.
Imagine a glowing red light growing brighter and brighter at the base of your spine. A glowing red light growing brighter and brighter, bringing security and strength to you and your baby. Imagine a glowing orange light in your pelvis growing brighter and brighter. A glowing orange light growing brighter and brighter, bringing creativity to you and your baby. Imagine a glowing yellow light in your belly, growing brighter and brighter. A glowing yellow light, growing brighter and brighter, melting away all fears and anxieties. There is a glowing green light in your heart, growing brighter and brighter. A glowing green light, growing brighter and brighter, bringing you infinite love for you and your baby. There is a glowing blue light at your throat, growing brighter and brighter. A glowing blue light, growing brighter and brighter, opening the doors of communication to you and your baby. There is a glowing indigo light between your eyebrows, growing brighter and brighter. A glowing indigo light growing brighter and brighter, bringing intuition for you and your baby. There is a glowing violet light at the crown of your head, growing brighter and brighter. A glowing violet light growing brighter and brighter, bringing a higher consciousness to you and your baby. A golden light glowing brighter and brighter envelopes you and your baby as you drift into deeper relaxation. With each breath, you become more relaxed. Protected by the golden light, you sit in tranquility and cherish this time with your baby, sending a message of love and light to your baby. And you feel at complete ease on your journey to motherhood. Thank you so much for listening in today and I hope that this episode has given you something to think about. And if you are expecting soon, I hope it has inspired you to feel empowered and know that no matter what crisis we are currently undergoing, you've got this. You were made to do this. I'm sending love to you all and I hope you're all safe and healthy. Until we meet again, have a wonderful day.